and welcome to the Off-Kilter Quilt. My name is Frances, and I'll be your hostess. Hi, and welcome to the Off-Kilter Quilt. My name is Frances. I'll be your hostess. It has been a while since you've heard from me. Um, I have recorded episodes or, or, or quilt diaries and in fact if you decide to stay with me and listen to this whole episode you're going to get some of my news from say October and maybe November I can't remember I haven't listened to what I've talked about so I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what I had to say but it was something and perhaps something about quilting but um, yeah and I'll tell you, I don't quite know what happened. I kept meaning to get it posted, but I wanted to listen to make sure that it wasn't too stupid. And then just things kept coming up and coming up and coming up. All good stuff, nothing bad, but just a lot of busyness. You know, I've been posting these uh, stories, these quilt fiction stories, based on the Friendship Album 1933 characters, if you're familiar with that. If you're not, go to quiltfiction.com. I've posted a whole novel um, in episodes. Um over there and on iTunes. But um, yeah, I've been doing some sort of uh, connected stories and recording them. And these stories have gotten longer and longer. And that and, and recording them actually takes a long time. I'm not a professional. And I, um, yeah, I make a lot of mistakes and have to do a lot of edits. I'm learning more about how to do it. And, you know, but I, it's just, it's very time consuming. And I enjoy the work, but it's 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 time consuming, which means less time for other things. So part of what I want to do in 2020 is really think about how I'm using my time, how to best use my time. You know, I've just I've got a lot of projects, I've got a lot of plates in the air, and to some extent I like that, but then I cross a line and I almost feel paralyzed, and I'm I'm kind of at that point, like what do I do next? What do I do next? So that's that's part of what. This year is going to be uh, about figuring that out of the spring, I would say. Now, uh, I'm actually starting the year 2020 on Saturday, which will be February 1st. I have spent the last three weeks sick, and that has not been fun. It's not been horrible. I haven't been so terribly ill that I've not been able to do anything but lie in bed and moan and groan. But I, it started out with a cold, and the cold seemed to be resolving itself, and um I was just looking at my journal and writing on January 16th that I was feeling much better and I was planning to take a trip with a friend of mine and um, just a, a day trip to Shelby. A friend of mine is a freelance writer and she's writing on an, a folk artist who lived in Shelby, which is about three hours away from here, three hours west. And so we had a big trip planned and um, I woke up on the 17th with a sore throat and yes, I'm pretty sure I had the flu which was fun. And then I felt really kind of bad for several days. And then the man got the flu. Will had already been sick. And I'm sure it's Will's fault. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I will miss Will so much when he goes to college, which he will do in the fall of 2021. Is that right? Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping uh, that we'll, it'll be like before we had kids when we didn't get sick every time one of them got sick. Um, that would be nice. But anyway, so got the flu, got better, and then woke up this past Friday with an earache, and I had an ear infection, and it's just all that fluid getting stuck back there. So if I sound kind of raspy and whatever, it's um, it's just, yeah, just kind of been a lot of coughing going on. Um, and yeah, so it's been weird to kind of have close to three weeks 
of my life just being non-productive it's not been entirely bad I've done some reading and uh you know watched a lot of tv and hung out with my good dog Travis who's sitting right next to me sweet as ever he's sweet as pie and yeah but it's been weird so I'm just like we're we're having a big do-over starting February 1st doing it over um as usual you know don't set goals or new year's resolutions except to stand up straighter which I'm trying to do. I'm really catching myself. I slouch anyway, but you know how you can start becoming aware of something that you weren't, and now I'm just like very aware of slouching. But yeah, so that that's what I really want to do. Quilt-wise, I would just like to finish a few things. I still need to finish quilting my friend Kate's quilt, and that is next on the, the docket. Oh, actually, next on the docket, I think it's just messing around just a little bit to get warmed up because I have not really done any quilting. Um, since the holidays so that's no good so anyway and I think with Kate's quilt I'm just going to do spiral quilting I love the spiral I think it always looks good I think you know this this quilt has so many uh you know squares and rectangles and I like the spiral to kind of set off against that so that is my my next after I do something to warm up that's my next project and I don't know I'm not making any goals um okay so I started uh doing the Bonnie Hunter uh, frolic quilt which she's now revealed the the quilt itself which I think is darling and I wasn't going to do it and then my mom said oh let's do it and so I started doing it will I finish it I don't know and I'm not, I don't think my mom probably has great expectations of me um, but you know I like the colors I like the quilt I've got a few steps done um, a few of the clues not all the way done but at least um, part of the way done, my friend Jay, Jay, art quilt maker Jay, uh, her suggestion, and I thought it was really good, was to, you know, just try to do, like, at least uh, when you do a clue, do a, a dozen of the pieces, right? And, and and that kind of, you know, you kind of get it down, and you've got them, and then, but you don't feel like you can't move on to the next the next clue. What I need to do is I need to go print out all the clues, because I know she takes that stuff down at some point. Um, so I, I, I do like the idea of working on that, um, but otherwise, yeah, I don't know. I do not know what 2020 will bring. I kind of, as we're getting closer to QuiltCon, I feel kind of sad that I'm not going. It's in Austin, and it just wouldn't work out, and it's just an expense um, that I can't quite justify. So I'm looking forward to next year. It's going to be in Atlanta. I have lots of friends in Atlanta. Uh, my brother's in Atlanta, so I certainly uh can uh, stay with him, but I have I have quilting friends who live in Atlanta as well, so that could be a pretty, uh, you know, not not very expensive trip. And I, I loved going, um, you know, I loved QuiltCon in in Nashville. That was so much fun, and going with the Quilt Alliance. Um, so I had an exhibitor pass, which was great because that meant I got to go on the floor um, before it opened and really look at the quilts. And I, I just. It's it's great being at the show and seeing the quilts live and in person. So, other things quilty going on in my life really have to do with uh, Quilt Alliance, and I'm having I need to figure out how long I'm going to stay at the helm. You know, I am the board president, and I'm trying to be very proactive and be really helpful, but that takes up a lot of time too. And um, I think one of my goals with that is really, and I'm trying to do this already, but really kind of get the rest of the board active in social media stuff because that's really what we need to do. It's as much as making people familiar with the Quilt Alliance and, and what the, our work is and why they should support us. And the best way to do that is through social media. 
So, and I've, so I've been doing a lot of work on that, and particularly in the Quilt Alliance Story Circle group, which you should join, um, and trying to post there a lot. So, it's, yeah, and it's another time. Another, not a, it's not a time suck because that has, has a negative connotation, but it's something else. So, yeah, that's what I think if I have any goal uh, for 2020. I mean, it simplifies such a cliche, but it's, it's not so much simplifies, figure out. Um, I think it's more distilling, you know, which is kind of getting down to the essences of, of what I need to be doing. Uh, I am doing the modern, Triangle Modern Quilt Guild Vice Presidency, although I've, I've kind of made it clear to the rest of the board because of other work obligations, including a lot of teaching. Um, I'm only going to be able to be so, so active, and everyone's very kind and understanding about that. Um, but this will be the last year I do that, and it's probably the last year I'll do uh, Quilt Alliance Presidency, and I don't know how long I'll stay on the board. Um, the board is much less demanding than the role that I've taken on for myself with the presidency. So it's all, yeah. So in some ways, I think I'm thinking a lot about 2021, which is going to be a huge life-changing year because Will, my youngest son, my younger son and youngest child, um, will be heading off for college in fall of 2021, and that changes things um, in a lot of ways. Jack will be graduating from college that spring. Um, there'll be some financial shifts that hopefully will be beneficial. And um, yeah, so that's that's going to be interesting probably in a lot of different ways. So maybe 2020 is just the year in which I finally get organized. Fingers crossed, girls, fingers crossed. So other than that, um, not, I don't know there's a lot of news. Uh, been sick. I think I mentioned that. Everyone's been sick. And, there, uh, you know, I don't know. Do you get worried about things like the coronavirus? I, I, you know, I don't know. It's like it's easy to panic. Um, if, you know, if you want to put, if you want the, what is it, like N95 face mask, uh, forget it. It's sold out. And I got very caught up in this panic at some point. Like, we need face masks. We need face masks. And then I just thought, just shut up. Um, but there was there was somebody who came into Raleigh from China that they had, was apparently there was some thought that this person might have it. Uh, turns out he or she does not, so that's good. And you know it's just hard. I mean there have been other viruses uh, that ha- you know like this that um, you know, have the potential to be very deadly. Aren't always. And this there's and with the coronavirus we don't know. It's actually. Uh, we know that a lot of people have been sick, um, and unfortunately, with the Chinese, you don't, you can't trust that you're getting all the reports. But we don't know if it's actually the kind of, you know, if it's like a flu that's going to kill everybody. Um, right now, it doesn't seem like it is. But it's easy to get caught up in the panics, and it does make me think, you know, what are our supplies like? Lord knows, we have a lot of beans in this house because um, I'm always forgetting, like, do we have beans? Do we have beans? So I buy another can of beans. Um, so we have lots of beans and pasta. I probably should pick up some rice just in case. You never know what's going to happen. Um, I was thinking it's so nice that the man was a Boy Scout because we do have a Dutch oven, and he loves any opportunity to get out there in the driveway and set, you know, set up the Dutch oven and cook us some beans. We got beans. Um, yeah, anyway, so I think the only thing... 
else to mention is that I've finished a novel. I have not been able to do a lot of novel reading. And I feel like, first of all, it is the internet has ruined me like it's ruined so many people. Um, you know, it's hard sometimes, even when you're reading a novel and you, and you hit on something that's interesting and it makes you think of something. And so you go and Google it, you know, and all of a sudden you're going down that line, you know, go down the rabbit hole um, after information. And so now it's like when I read, it's like I try to keep all my devices away. So I'm not tempted to do that. I did just finish a novel that I liked very much called Christmas in Austin by Ben Benjamin Markovitz. Uh, he is a London-based writer, but he grew up some in the States. I think he kind of he grew up, it's, I feel like it's, I don't know. I, th I feel like he grew up in the States, maybe Israel, maybe Germany, like all over the place. Um, but definitely spent um, a good chunk of time growing up in Austin, Texas, which is a city I've not been to in 30 years, but uh, I loved. As a young person, we moved out to Colleen, Texas my senior year of high school, 1981, and so Austin was the place that you would go for a big time. And um, at that time, you could, uh, the drinking age was 18, which meant you could get into bars to see bands when you were 18. And so we would do that, and it was a really good time. And it was, I think, a very different Austin um, than the one that exists now that I have not been to. Um, and kind of, you know, I don't know. It's every place is like that. I'll, any any place where where the money has gone, the changes have occurred. But uh, this takes place in Austin. I think it's like 2012 or 2013. Um, but these are, uh, and it's about a family. The the children are all grown. They're adults. Um, I think three. There are four children: two boys, two girls, two men, two women. Um, three of whom have children. Uh, one who has stepchildren, and some of the children are there, and it takes place maybe over four or five days, and it is a book in which very little happens, which is I don't have a problem with. I think a lot of people, like reading the Goodreads reviews, a lot of people did have a problem with it. Um, there are a lot of characters, um, but it's it's almost like Virginia Woolf in, in terms of how deep he goes into people's thoughts and very kind of minute-to-minute -minute actions. But I love being inside characters' heads. I love knowing what people are thinking. And if you've ever had that experience as an adult where you've gone to your parents' house, that's where they gather, the parents' house. And, and you know, and everybody likes each other. Everyone has affection. There is love, but there's also, you know, the experience of going back to your parents' house and, you know, and resuming your... Uh, role, the, whatever role you played as a child, um, you love your parents, and, and yet there, there can be, again, sometimes you feel like an adolescent around them. Um, one of the fun things in this book, too, is you get, you know, you spend a little time with the in-laws, the partners of the adult children, and remember what, the, what that's like. Um, kind of being a little bit of the outsider. It, it, it makes me think of my sisters-in-law who are, are just wonderful people and uh, who I think do a great job when we all get together uh, in Kentucky to see my parents, but uh, what that experience is probably like for them. So this is called Christmas in Austin. If you're okay with a book that's really character-centered, that doesn't have a lot of plot, but has a lot about what it means to be human, um, and a family. And I have to say, too, one of the things that I liked about it 
is that the characters are all seem very real. So there are things that you like about each of them and things you kind of don't like. Um, but but I liked, you know, but everyone I liked, even though I think the character is probably the most difficult to like, you get to know him and so you understand him and, and some of the choices that he's made. But what I like is that they like each other, even though they drive each other crazy sometimes at moments and fall into these old patterns and I feel like I've read so many contemporary novels in which people just don't like each other you know and and I like my family a lot and I like my husband a lot and I like my children a lot and it doesn't mean we have perfect relationships and that there aren't conflicts or conflicts that are avoided or you know just moments where you're just like you know it's funny we um now that Will is older he's a junior in high school we, you know, we're, we're pretty loosey-goosey about dinner. So, you know, for years and years, we were like, everybody sit down and eat together. No phones at the table. And I'm still big on no phones at the table. Um, but we had dinner together every night. And then he started doing high school sports. And forget it. You just Everything goes up in the air. So we just have to hope that the first 13 or 14 years of his life and, you know, 18 years of Jack's or whatever you know, that that meant something, that we always had dinner together. But now we, we don't so much, but Sunday dinner is a must. Um, you have to come to Sunday dinner. But at the end of the holidays, um, Will got an invitation to go over to his girlfriend's house for Sunday dinner. And he was like, is it okay? And I'm like, please go. And he's like, thank God, I need to get out of here. We're all like, yes, we were just all so tired of each other. It's like, everybody just go away. Um, you know, so, so that's, that's real. And that's family life. But I just am tired of, of books where, um, yeah, just nobody seems to like each other. Nobody. You know, friends don't like each other. And it's like, what what is going on in people's lives that that's the state of their relationships? I just don't get it. All right. Well, we're going to go on with the Quilt Diaries, whatever I may say. I guess I'll try to give it a listen. If I, I don't, It's going to feel like you know yesterday's news because it is so i hope it's interesting i have no idea but best of luck to you and i'll see you next time bye hello and welcome to episode 241 today is monday october 28th i'm sitting on the back porch it's a little bit before lunchtime there's a it's not a helicopter it sounds like a small plane up in the air i'm sure it would go away we just get a lot of traffic noises, air traffic, road traffic. I used to, like, wish I lived out in the country so it would be completely quiet, but then I thought all you would hear would be scary noises, like snakes slithering across the grass noises and footsteps in the woods noises, and, and maybe traffic noises are better. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, hello. How are you? I'm sitting out here with Travis the quilt dog. I'm sitting in the, the rocking chair, and Travis is sitting on the, the little couch, the, the lounge, and he's looking at me like, why aren't you sitting with me? Um, because my back feels better in the rocking chair, Travis, but I'll come over. I'll pet my pup a little bit while I talk to you about quilting and quilts and all other sort of things. Um, I have been working on the back still. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. I went to bed last night, and I was just unhappy, you know, because I've been, I've been working on the back of this petite quilt that I'm making for Kate, my friend Kate. And I've just struggled with it. Because, first of all, um, you know, I was like, I'm going to keep it simple. I thought about just buying yardage of the primary dark green batik that's in the quilt top. 
but I'm cheap and I like made backs. You know, I like pieced backs a lot. So, um, you know, I started doing, oh, just crazy things. And um, it's kind of cool looking at this point. Uh, it's just, it's just patchwork, you know, but, but wonky patchwork. And um, yeah, for a while I was playing around with taking some of these small uh, patchwork blocks made out of the same fabrics as from the, the front of the quilt um, and making, uh, putting solid fabric. If you look at last week's, uh, at the at last episode's show notes, you'll see um, there are about four blocks and, and that are uh, edged, <laughs> bordered in solid color fabrics that do go with the quilt other than the the fact that they're solids and the, the rest of the quilt is made out of batiks. And I was enjoying that idea until I started taking pictures of it. I'm like, oh no, that I don't like that. That doesn't look good. So now I'm just back to my funky patchwork, funky wonky patchwork and with some uh, bigger pieces of the green. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for a check from my publisher and I think when it gets here, I'm just going to buy three yards of the dark green and, and make that centerpiece a kind of funky, wonky medallion. And then the rest um, will be the dark green, which is what the color my friend Kate really likes is that dark green. Um, I don't know why. I'm, I'm, I can't, I, I, sometimes I look at the top, which is just, you know, it's just, it's, it's fairly standard it's fairly straightforward in its design it's these green blocks that have um borders made of sort of pian wonky piano key borders um which is really the sashing is the wonky um piano keys and i love the colors it's a very fall looking quilt and sometimes i really like it but i'm not sure if i really like it for kate if it's quite right so i think that what's going on with the back is i'm trying to make a more interestingly designed quilt top but for the back and I don't think I'm going to flip it and present the back as the the front but she if she liked the back better I don't know I don't know what I'm doing I don't know why I'm, I'm still kind of in this stuck place um, the the most fun I've had uh, lately is I'm making these traditional blocks uh, I posted a new story on the Quilt Fiction podcast. It's called Picnic Basket, Eula 1902. So it's a story about one of the Friendship Album characters, but at an earlier point in her life. Um, and so I made a Picnic Basket block, and that was very fun. And the n story I am working on now, I think I'm going to call Turkey in the Straw. It's going to be a thanks Thanksgiving story about Bess. Um, and the turkey in the straw quilt is it's a, a block is a really pretty block and I've got the the Jenny the Jenny the Jenny 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 I want to say Jenny Byers block book I don't I um and that's why I just looked up I was looking up short Thanksgiving words and um found turkey in the straw and then saw the block and it, it's it's pretty it's um it's got 64 pieces so it's a eight by eight grid um, block but I don't think it's going to be that difficult it, I guess it depends on what size I make it because it's a lot mostly half square triangles and as we all know my half square triangle accuracy is not beautiful but I know how to do it you know the, I, I have methods as long as I remember my methods before I start 
making the blocks or making the half square triangles sometimes I start out and go oh why am I doing it this way I know such a better way to do this so we'll see but um, anyway it's it's you know it there's just I've said this before but if you do a lot of improvisation and a lot of your own on the wall design just doing something that someone else tells you to do is very comforting so anyway uh, yeah, but it, I don't know if you've had that feeling at the end of an evening of quilting and you just feel <sighs> unsatisfied. And that's how I felt last night, unsatisfied. But I think I'm going to finish the piecing on the back. I have one, one more element planned for it. The, and then I'm, I'm going to wait till the check comes in and I'll order the fabric. <laughs> um, yes, and... and then it will be done and I assume that Kate will like the quilt she's seen the top and she's like oh yeah I love it but uh, you know that's what you say right if you're a decent human being that's what you say I don't know I don't know I don't know why I'm not I, I it'll come to me at some point why I'm not satisfied right now but other parts of my life are quite satisfying my dog for instance Travis the quilt dog is a very satisfying dog um my children are satisfying. Jack is in Dublin right now. He is doing a semester abroad in Copenhagen, but part of the program calls for trips to Dublin and to Berlin, um, which is great. And then he's gone to Amsterdam and London with friends. I can't imagine he has any money left. <laughs> but uh, that, that's not my problem. <laughs> Um, spoken like a mother who's not really had enough communication from her son over the last couple months. Uh, so, yeah, try asking me for money. Hmm. And uh, Will turned 17 this week. That's a weird age, I think, because 16 still feels not like a kid, but firmly teenager, still in the middle of high school and all that. And 17 just feels like, oh, you're old. Why don't you go join the Army now? I don't want Will to go jo join the Army, but it feels like he could, right? So he is a Halloween baby, so he will be 17 on Halloween. I don't think he has plans, although Will is, is one of those people. He doesn't have plans, he doesn't have plans, he doesn't have plans. Hey, I'm going to go over to a Shonks. Suddenly he has plans. He took the ACT this weekend. I think he's recovering. He said it was okay. He said he thinks he did okay. I hope so. Um, what else to tell you? Oh, I wanted to tell you about a book that I got from the library. I got it from the library because I actually asked my library to order it you can do that if your library does not have copies of birds in the air or uh, margaret goes modern you can ask them if they will order it um, so this is thomas i don't know if it's nower or knauer um, it's k-n-a-e no k-n-a-u-e-r um, we're going to say nower but it could be knauer i love it when the, the silent k is not silent um, and it's called uh why we quilt and i i think he's an interesting guy i don't know if you've ever followed him he's a modern quilter he's a he's a, a i think a, a very gifted quilter um he started out i think he's a, a he's got an art background but i think maybe his degrees are in art history i could be wrong he used to blog very extensively really interesting pieces um i believe and i don't know much about it that he has been ill for a few years um, and that has kind of kept him from writing as much he, he writes a little bit on the modern quilt guild site they have a blog um, 
they don't do much with it but he's written some interesting things over there and he's had some very interesting interviews I think the interview of his and I'll see if I can find it I actually wouldn't mind listening to it again I think he did an interview with Sandy over at Crafty Planner a few years ago in which he talked about perfectionism and quilting and uh, commercialism and, and actually saw a connection between the two because if the emphasis is on being perfect, well, we've got a tool to help you do that. <laughs> um, he's Yeah, he's very opinionated and, and outspoken, which makes him interesting. And But he's also, he I think he has a pretty deep knowledge of cult history. Um, so I knew I wanted to read the book. I was a little concerned because I think there's something in the subtitle, and I could go look at it, but I won't because Travis is very comfortable right now and if I move he'll move um, about activism and I think I have talked here before about my feelings about quilt activism Um, if you have a political message that you want to put on your quilt go for it I think that that self-expression is important I think that uh, sometimes we have things to say and we want to say them through our art through our quilts Um, and so I would never say don't do that um, it's like, do it, you know, you're going to feel better, you're going to have expressed yourself, um, you have a document of how you feel, etc., etc. I don't actually think that the political quilts make a difference. So that, you know, the whole idea is you know, if you make a quilt that has right in the middle, hashtag resist, I don't think that will change one thing about how the world works right now or what's happening in the world. So that that you want to do that that you feel need to do that that's fine and it might give comfort to someone who sees your quilt at quilt con or another show feels like yes i'm not alone i feel this way too it always feels good to see someone expressing something that you have felt or thought so i'm not saying these are without value i just don't want any great claims being made for such quilts like we're going to change the world with quilts no we're not the the way that you can i I think quilts can do good in the world primarily um (laughs) giving quilts to people who need quilts you know so i think that you know our our guild does a, a charity quilt program as many guilds do and our quilts go into the foster care system i know that guilds do quilts for you know preemies and um, hospice and all kinds of great, you know, the, uh, great things. Quilters do amazing charity work, and I think that makes a difference in the world. I think every ounce of kindness that's put out there, of compassion and caring, every expression of that, um, that a physical manifica- manifestation of kindness and caring is important. It makes a difference in people's lives. I really do. Um, I don't think as, uh, in a weird way, I don't think, and I say this as, I don't think statements, that political statements, whether they're on quilts or in poems or in paintings or wherever, often do. I think images are more powerful. And, you know, speaking of Thomas Nower, he has an amazing quilt. It's called, it's, it might be called Sweet Tea and Skittles or just Tea and Skittles, but it's an applique quilt. It's um, Trayvon Mar- Martin, I want to say, I must say Trayvon Martin's. Suddenly I'm like, is that the right name? But you know who I mean. But it's it's an applique of his hoodie. And, of course, he, I think he was going to the store to get tea and Skittles when he was shot and killed. Um, it's a beautiful quilt. It's a very accomplished quilt. And it's very powerful because images are powerful. And 
I, you know, sometimes had he written some a message on that quilt about about Trayvon, I don't know that it would be that powerful because those words would be mediators, and I think it's just me and that image that there's communication there. Um, it's, it would be much more moving. Now, I think that Sean Kimber's I Can't Breathe quilt, which is in reference to Eric Garner, is a very powerful quilt, but partly because she doesn't, um, it, it's just that phrase over and over and over, right? So she's not telling you anything more than that. Um, do I think that quilt will keep one more person from being shot or killed? No, I don't, but I do think it's powerful. Um, and, 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 but anyway, my fear with the, the Why We Quilt book was it's, it, that was going to be its focus and it was going to make huge claims uh, for political quilts with political messaging, et cetera, et cetera. And it's not that at all. That's there. Um, but it's, that it's really not the focus of the book at all. So hooray. Um, the other good news is much of the writing in the book is by Nauer himself. And he is a good writer. He's a very interesting writer. As I said, he's an opinionated writer. So it makes him very interesting to read. He's probably, I think, the only person right now writing about quilts, with perhaps the exception of Mary Fonz, who's not been doing a lot of writing recently, um, who really is worth reading, um, who's really saying something of note and, um, and also, you know, I mean, that not a lot of people are writing about quilts the way that I, I wish more people were. So uh, so his stuff is so interesting. There are uh, pieces uh, scattered throughout from different well-known quilters, mostly modern quilters. That would be my main criticism of the book so far. There are a couple traditional quilters I can think of offhand. Uh, Marianne Fonz is one of them. Mary Fonz... Um, you know, she she calls herself a traditional quilter. She's but she's actually. Uh, I mean, I like the quilts she makes. I think they're really nice. But she's actually not a renowned quilter. She's a renowned quilt personality, and 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 I'm happy to see her included there. I actually thought her piece in there was really really nice. She is a good writer. Um, but I'm trying to think. There are a couple other traditional quilters, but it's mostly modern quilters, and I thought that was too bad. Um, as much as I love modern quilts, and and you know, I mean, I'm an omnivorous. Uh, quilter but you know I lean toward modern quilts but there's so there's so much excellent work being done across the quilting community so that that I thought was was too bad Um, it's one of those things where you as you're reading it you think about people who could have been included and you know they think oh I hope it doesn't hurt their feelings that they weren't included I'm talking about modern quilters where I think there's much more of a uh I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I was about to say much more of a celebrity culture. That might or might not be true. I don't know. But anyway, and and some of, so anyway, some of those pieces are kind of the uh, kind of uh, some of the pieces are very very good, I should say. And and some are kind of the usual stuff you get that where you feel like you've the how to say this kindly. Uh, basically. The quilts speak better for the quilter than she does, and it's it's nothing. There's nothing horrible, but there's stuff that just doesn't feel like it's that in depth. Um, but mostly, I, but mostly, I've been very pleasantly surprised. Um, 
by the book in general about what it covers it's it has a, some really good coverage of quilting history which makes me super happy so uh it's if it, if that's a book you you've seen around and were thinking about buying even though i haven't finished it i i feel okay saying yeah go ahead and buy it it's done by story press which is a great publisher um it's it's a good looking book it's got a great cover it's smaller than i thought it would be um uh, for some reason you know i was thinking about the the somewhat recent book on modern quilts um and I thought it would be a big book like that, but it's not. But it's it's got a lot in it. Um, yeah, so I wanted to share about that. And there may be other things I want to share about, but now I, I, I think I'm ready for lunch. <laughs> so I think I will go ahead and, and eat lunch, and I will talk to you some more later. So bye for now. Quilt Diary Day 2. It's Tuesday, November 5th. It's a little after 3. I'm sitting on my porch. It's a really nice afternoon. And, um, yeah, you can hear the birds. It's definitely fall. And some days it's actually pretty cold in the morning. Now, today it's about 70. It's super pleasant. Um, Not that I'm affected by it or have good or bad things to say about the weather. But I like this weather well enough. I'm sitting out here with Travis the quilt dog who's very interested in the birds and the sirens and the squirrels, all the different activity that's going on out here. Um, I'm just back from teaching a writing workshop. I did a three-day workshop at a local middle school. It was a lot of fun, but if I start blabbering um, more than usual, that is why. But I did have some hope of getting the podcast posted tomorrow the podcast episode so I thought I'd give this a shot so here's what's going on with me I was very excited when last week I learned that um, a check was going to go through a check that is owed to me um, that it seemed like I might not get till the end of the year is now going to be processed this week and I should get in the next couple weeks which is good as we know money when you need it which is all the time is good um, as long as it's procured through legal methods which this is this has been I wrote a draft and I'm getting paid for it hooray Um, so I went ahead and thought okay I want to finish my friend Kate's quilt I've been working on it for several decades now and it's time to finish the back and so I actually purchased the fabric this green batik um, that I used in the front that I ran out of for the back and I'm just going to get two and a half yards I already have what now is kind of this patchwork medallion it's very cool and I'm going to then just frame that with this green batik and I ordered it I paid money for it and then yesterday I got an email saying it's out of stock I think it's, I think it's totally out of stock I think I would have to spend a lot of time Searching. I mean, I think it's done. I think it's into the line, no longer made. Nobody's got it. Um, I do searches for it and can find it, and then I try to order it, and it's out of stock. So I think it's just gone. I think it's time to move on and find another solution. But, man, I just want to be done with it. I just want to be done. I just want to be done. So that is going, that, that's going on. Although right now I have on my design board, I have a number of things. I have a lot of pink things. I should take a picture of, of all the pink things. It's so bright and cheerful. It's really fun. Um, a couple of years ago, I started working on a patchwork 
patchwork quilt and I had this funky idea for it and in fact I think I got a lot of uh, a lot of it up on the board but it was one of these things where this colorful pink patchwork these uh, the squares maybe let's let's call them four inch squares I don't know if that's quite right but it's close um, and then toward the bottom of the quilt it's just going to be there would be more and more white squares and it would kind of dissolve into whiteness. Very dramatic, very artsy, right? Um, and that was a great idea, but of course I never finished it. And so now I've got, I, but I sewed a lot of the squares together. So these are not, it's just patchwork. It's not, they're not blocks. Um, but I did sew them into, you know, I chunked them. So now I have a lot of the chunks. And I think if I can just do sort of one more block of chunks, I will have... Um, close to what I need for a baby quilt and you know I do have two months to make my five charity quilts which I said I would make um, New Year's resolution have made zero I have two quilts that need to be quilted so I, w I, I would love to do this one I think it would be really nice um, and I think I would feel a sense of accomplishment also on the board I was uh, doing some cleaning and organizing in my sewing space and a couple of years ago I made this pillow top it's a Christmas pillow top and I and it was a from a pattern that a mag I found in a magazine and so and I had embroidered Merry Christmas Happy New Year all the stuff and I just never finished the the pillow um and so I have that's on the board it's very cute the fabric is very cute I'm like I'm gonna finish that I'm gonna have a Christmas pillow damn it um so that's up there and then on saturday i took a workshop um through my guild the workshop is called is called fauché something and here's how dumb i am and you guys i know i'm not dumb but i am dumb and i think if you've listened to this this podcast for any amount of time you know exactly what i mean um you know it's like yeah for someone who's smart she's really kind of dumb yeah that is me anyway I guess maybe because I had not heard the word fauché said out loud, it wasn't until I got the, to the workshop and the workshop instructor, the marvelous, wonderful Jenny Robinson, you said the word fauché, and I said fauché like fake crochet. And I said, duh, do drop in. I was like 25 when I realized that do drop in, D-E-W. I actually saw driving through eastern North Carolina I saw a little motel and it's called the Dew Drop In and I got it I got it yes so I am slow on the uptake but Fauché so what so this was a work it was an applique workshop taught by Jenny Robinson who is a star in the modern quilt world if you're part of that world you may have heard of her she has she gets quilts and quilt con all the time and they're gorgeous she does a lot of really interesting applique work um and she has designed this block that looks, it's, it's, it's an applique block. And the pattern created looks like a granny square. Okay. And of course you crochet a granny square, but this is fauchet. And it's one of those things I signed up for mostly because I wanted to take a class with her. So she's local. She actually teaches at the middle school that I just did this writing workshop at, um, I know people who know her and I've like always wanted to meet her and every day she's just down the street from where I live and so anyway so that was a big part and she's in our guild but she doesn't come to guild meetings 
probably because she teaches and she's exhausted on the weekends. But um, anyway, and she was quite wonderful. She was a very good teacher. She just was a really neat person. I liked her immediately and liked her a lot. And I, I did, had mixed feelings like, you know, I like applique. So I was like, well, I'd like to have an opportunity to do some more applique. I haven't really done very much lately. Um, I ended up thoroughly enjoying the workshop on in every possible way. I enjoyed her as a teacher. I enjoyed the, the people in the class. And it's like I knew pretty much everyone. They were from the guild. Um, and I sat at a table with my friend Bethany. And then there were two other women who I didn't really know. But we all, of course, you know, the way you do these things and you're working. And, and because this was, a lot of it was, you know, uh, not using a machine. Because you're cutting out the, the fabric and what have you. And, um by hand and, and applying this was um is it possible for me to describe to you what we did in a way that's coherent probably not but essentially imagine a form a shape like a teardrop with the pointy end kind of cut off right so at that point what does it become almost like a paisley but with the pointy yeah I, I don't know what the name for that is not quite a light bulb but that's getting near it but there, there's someone if you know what the name of that is she called them nubs and I think nub works as well as anything um, and so we cut out so we had nubs we cut we brought in um, fat quarters and you could work in any number of colors. I, th but there were sort of four. <sighs> but essentially, the basic pattern is you have uh, four colors. And you've got your center. Uh, imagine a granny square. And just imagine a center. Then uh stitching around that center and then stitching again and stitching I don't do, do when you crochet is it called stitching anyway so just four rows of colors in a square spiral does that make sense I'm gonna put a picture on the show notes but you know what a granny square looks like just close your eyes don't listen to me ignore me and imagine a granny square um, made it but the the nubs you use you use the nubs and she showed us how to put them together, how to, on the, um, you know, we've got a background square, and then you glue the nubs to the background square, background, background square of fabric, and then you sew them, zigzag stitch them to secure them onto that background square of fabric, which is about, I think, it's like 21 inches. And it really looks like a be big, beautiful granny square. So it was it's really cute i'll put a picture up um and maybe a link to jenny's blog the, her work is beautiful but because we we're mostly doing hand work you know everyone's just chatting and um you know it was it was really lovely and i had tried actually to get out of it because i've been having some problems with my my hips and uh yeah they're just kind of stuff from sitting down too much and and i i Sometimes I just go through periods where it's kind of where I really can't sit for long periods of time. I really need to go to physical therapy, which I think I'm going to do soon, um, and, and also spend more time stretching. But um, 
but I couldn't get anyone to take my place. And so I'm like, all right, I'll just go for a little while. But I ended up staying the whole time. And I got up and moved around and stretched and whatever. So that was fine. So it was a really lovely morning. And I'm glad, I'm so glad that I did it. Um, so that, but that, the, the nubs, the fabric nubs, and you use this kind of, um, I don't know if stabilizer is the right word, but, you know, so, but it's a Ricky Tim's product, um, you know, that you use an applique, except you don't use, you, you don't remove it, right, which makes sense, you don't remove stuff in applique, but what happens, I think, once you finish the block, you put the block in a tub and you cover it with water. You, you submerge it in water and then this stabilizer, sticky stuff, whatever. Uh, I know, I'm an idiot, sorry. It, it dissipates in the water, right? So anyway, it was very cool. I'll link to things and I don't know. Yeah, but I enjoyed doing that. So the, the, the nubs, I have, not, I have not put the nubs on the background fabric. So the nubs are on the wall. And I would actually kind of like to make that block, sew together the patchwork stuff, and um, finish whatever I need to do with the with the pillow top, the pillowcase that I'm working on, before I go back to dealing with the back of Kate's quilt. But I really feel like I want to get. No, I just I want it out of my life. Um, but also, it's like you know, Kate was here in September, and she's seen the top of the quilt, which I still have mixed feelings about. But my friend Kristen's like, just do it. She's I think she's just like, I have heard enough about this quilt. She would never say that. She's such a nice person. But I'm and, I'm, and she's right. I just need to be done with it. So away we go. So that is kind of my quilty news for the time being. Um, I can't remember when I posted my last podcast, if that was before or after, I keep saying podcast, I mean episode, if I posted the last episode before or after I posted a new quilt fiction episode, and this, if you've been listening to the Friendship Album 1933, which is on the Quilt Fiction podcast, um, I posted a story about one of the characters in the novel. Um, and it's uh, about Eula, and it takes place in 1905 when she's 18. And I'm now currently writing a story about Bess, a Thanksgiving story that I hope to have posted in a couple of weeks. So all that continues. Um, I can't remember also where we were. I think when I last posted an episode, I had heard back from one agent who was interested in the novel. I have not heard back. I've sent her the novel, have not heard back. Uh and I did and I had sent a query to another agent and I did hear back with a form letter um, basically saying basically just saying you know I'm not really looking at new stuff but I it didn't hurt my feelings you know because it was just it it was clearly you know yeah it's fine I'm kind of at this place where if it's not right you know if it's not right for you then it's not right for you um, and yeah, so anyway, so fingers crossed, I would love to hear the, the agent who is also, um, you know, Sandra Dallas's agent. I would love if that worked out. It might not. And then I'll go on and do something else. I don't know what we'll figure it out, but I think that is my news for, for now. I don't know if I have much else to tell you. I think in general, things are okay. Um, I'm so happy it's fall. This is it continues to be my favorite time of year. Through uh, really, in some ways, it's like through early January. Um, 
it, you know, depending. There's some weather stuff. Not that I'm affected by the weather or care by it, about it, but sometimes it can get to me. But I really do. I love. I do love the holidays. Um, you know, I, I don't love Christmas. I have to tell you. So, I, do you guys know Nigel Slater? He's an English writer. He's a he's a cook. Um, and but he it, but he's not like a famous chef. He does home cooking and he writes books about it. And he has a book about Christmas cooking and Christmas and the books he publishes are these big, thick books um, with recipes and stories. It's my favorite kind of cookbook. It's not really a cookbook. I've come inside just so I can tell you what this is. So this is called The Christmas Chronicles. And my library doesn't have it and it costs like $30. So I do what I do, which is an interlibrary loan. Um, and I, I put in the request for it like last week, thinking it might take a few weeks. It actually came in um, yesterday, I think. Um, and it, his description is, this is the story of my love for winter, the scent of fir and spruce, ghost stories read with a glass of slow gin and beeswax candles with shadows dancing on the ceiling. With recipes, fables, and quick fireside suppers from November to early February, I take you through my essential preparations for Christmas and New Year and everything you need to enjoy the winter months. So imagine that all read in an English accent. So anyway, I'm looking forward to reading it because, you know, my favorite part of Christmas is, of course, Thanksgiving, (laughs) where you're in that holiday mood, but uh, you don't have to buy anyone presents. So I'm really looking forward to reading it. It's due two days before Thanksgiving. It actually came from a library in Connecticut. I'm hoping I can renew it so I could read it, really get into it over Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving weekend. So anyway. Um, I hope this finds you well. I hope you're getting some quilting done. Thank you uh, for comments, by the way. I have not been good about saying thank you, but I want to you know, thank you to Noni um, and, and Andra, and there were other people as well. Thanks to Nancy, who um, mentioned a, a fabric site called fivebucksayard.com. She said most of the fabric is $5.99 a yard. Um, Good service, reasonable shipping charges. So thank you so much, Nancy. I actually, and I checked, and unfortunately, they don't have the fabric I'm looking for, but that's a great resource, and it really looked like a super site. So appreciate that. Um, Thank you to Karen, who commented from the UK, which I appreciated, Uh, because you're English and I'm an Anglophile. I don't know. That sounded weird to say, because, which I appreciate it. I appreciate, Karen, that you're from the UK. Um, no, I just well, I just love everyone from the UK. I wouldn't if I lived there. But see, I live here in North Carolina, so I completely can romanticize an entire continent. It's really exciting for me. Um, yes, thank you to Cindy. Um, yeah, and I don't know if I mentioned that I heard from, in two, episode 238, heard from Colleen and Barbara and Melanie. That's 237. I'm getting far back. But I never remember if, to, you know, if I, if I have thanked everyone. And I do really appreciate comments. They mean a lot to me. I understand that uh, a lot of you comment in your head, and I do hear you. So there you go. All right. Well, bye for now. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Off-Kilter Quilt. Come visit me online at offkilterquilt.com. Until next time, this is Francis. Remember, life is short. Quilt first.